Listen, if you continue in sin as a child of God, drug addict, murder in your heart, whatever sin may be, as Paul talks about it in Corinthians chapter 5, 6, Ephesians 5, Galatians 5, and all the way to the New Testament, he's talking to Christians. If you continue in that sin and then you die in that sin, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us. Continuing our focus on authentic godly living, Raul will outline how the Lord's mercy doesn't give you a free pass to sin, but it does provide the hope of forgiveness and salvation. Raul will lead us in exploring how God's grace in our lives should also fuel our willingness to forgive others. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's message. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 26. And the title of my message, The Law of Murder, this morning. When you read the scripture, especially the Sermon on the Mount, as we've been studying, the Beatitudes, and now Jesus, he said, salt and light, and now we're coming to these nine things that he says. Now, the Old Testament says this, but I say unto you, this is what I want you to do. Now, the law of murder is a pretty interesting law because in the Old Testament, anybody that would commit murder, immediately they were brought down to the gates where the judges would meet and they would fill out a little document and they would sign it and then they would take the murderer and they would stone him to death. They wouldn't put him in jail. They'd kill him right in the spot. Anybody committed adultery, Anybody that was a child molester or any kind of an offender with capital punishment, it was done by stoning to death. Think how today the laws have changed. When anybody kills somebody, they go to jail, they go to prison, and sometimes when they get the penalty of death, they have to wait 20, 30, 40 years before they're executed. And the reason is because we have liberal laws. It's really important that we understand that the Bible is God's holy word. And the word of God speaks not only to teach us what he wants us to do. But if you've never read the Old Testament, as I said before, you really don't understand the new. Just like in the Sermon on the Mount. He's going to talk about the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. And then he's going to talk to you how now we need to be doing this because Christ came to become the redeemer of the world. We're not saved by the law. We are saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's begin by reading here in chapter 5, verse 21. He says, You have heard that it was said of those in the Old Testament, You shall not murder or you shall not kill. Whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell and fire. That's the lake of fire, Gehenna. 
Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly. While you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and then you're thrown into prison. As surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. Now, Anger, not one time getting angry at someone. You're on the freeway, you get angry, you you start thinking murder. Maybe you have never committed murder physically. But at the same time, think of how many times with your loved ones, with your friends, or with your enemies, for years and years you hold this anger and resentment against them. Did you hear what Jesus said? Very important. Very important to understand that not only are we talking about anger, that is here furious anger, the difference between people that are angry one or twice, you have to repent in your heart. But as you talk to people, I've talked to so many people in counseling. And one of the things they come to me for many times, they'll say, I have this brother-in-law or this daughter-in-law, or my mom or my dad or, or someone that you work with. And you say, I have this anger in me and I feel sometimes like killing him. Well, just having anger, you already have murdered that person. Maybe not physically, but in your heart. You see, the Pharisees were keeping the law outwardly. Jesus says it's not a law of outward. It's the law of the heart inwardly. Inwardly. The heart. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts and know the hearts. In the heart, it's very important as a child of God to understand what Jesus wants us to understand here and to know completely. Now, the anger that Jesus will talk about here is the anger that hates and hurts people. Hurts people tremendously. Few have ever even thought of anger in their hearts, knowing and recognizing that the Holy Spirit as the Christian not only convicts us, if you're not being convicted, then you're not really listening to the voice of God. If you don't really feel bad about hurting someone, and you're cold-hearted, something is wrong with your relationship with God. Something is definitely wrong. Here Jesus is saying, anger without cause. Without a cause is the same as murder, he says. And we see those words that he uses here, brother, whosoever, in verse 22, 24. Then the Lord is saying that every human being, notice, is a brother under God's creation. Takes you back to Genesis chapter 2. Adam and Eve, our first parents. We became family. Everyone that was born after Adam and Eve, we all sinned. We were born in sin. Let's look at the first point here at the law of murder, verse 21. He says, you have heard that it was said, to those of old you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. So here, the reference to them of old is speaking of the ancients in the Old Testament, the teachers of the Old Testament. 
And what's incredible is that we notice that Jesus does not speak of the abuse of the law by traditions. He's talking here that every instance that Jesus Christ is giving does not speak of the abuse of the law by tradition. But, number one, the contrast he draws not being between in misunderstanding and rightly understanding the law of God. And by faith we come to Jesus Christ. Secondly, the contrast are between the law and its ancient exposition of the law. And the same as spiritualizing and fulfilled by Jesus Christ. He came to fulfill the law. You see, in the Old Testament, it was the schoolmaster that not only pointed to conviction and bring us to Jesus Christ. But when Jesus Christ came, he became the fulfillment of the law. And this is why he's going to say, in the old it was said this, but I say unto you. This is what takes place now since I have come to fulfill the New Testament law. Secondly, look at verse 22. The real problem of growth in judgment with anger. He says, but I say unto you. See, he changes it. This is what the law said, but this is what I say to you now. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Notice what he's saying. Anybody being angry with his brother, not just family members. Anybody in the church is a brother and a sister. And think of how many people in every church, in every service are struggling with anger and hatefulness. He goes on. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool... Notice, shall be in danger of hell and fire. So when he uses the word raka here, it means empty-headed or brainless idiot. Think how many times we say that. And then the word fool means moron or you're stupid. This is what he's talking about. He says, we notice that Jesus is saying that this is a problem with men. Constantly offending, demeaning people. And Jesus says that if you're a child of God, no longer you should you demean people or embarrass them or bring them down in a place where they feel like they're stupid. And yet God says here that we are responsible to understand that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. But think of those in family homes and those that you work with. Maybe your employee, maybe your employers, or people that work with you, that maybe have done something to you that is not just for a month that you begin to hate them and you're angry toward them, but it's not been months and years. And yet you call yourself a Christian. This is who Jesus is talking to. People that hold grudges. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Stay with us for the conclusion of today's message right after this. First time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light to be a witness, 
of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives. And to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. To order Roll's new book titled Sermon of Sermons, visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's return for the conclusion of today's message. So maybe this morning we need to examine our hearts. To examine our hearts where we stand spiritually before the Lord. Because murder is deeper than just an outward act. Is going through the motion and committing the act. And yet it is an inward act, anger, bitterness, enmity. It's from within, not from without sight. And then murder is born from within the heart from an uncontrolled spirit, a spirit that is not controlled, from also an unregulated urge from an inner anger that has been settled in your heart for a long time. A long time has been settled there. Anger is a real sin. And sin breaks the law of God. And in the New Testament, sin grieves the Holy Spirit of God. You cannot ever get away with sin if you're a real child of God. Third point, the answer to anger, verse 23, 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there you remember that your brother has something against you. So you're coming in that culture. You came to the altar to give your sacrifice. You're on your way to church. You're coming to receive communion. You're coming to receive the word of God. He says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar. And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Then what happens? It's acceptable to God. That's why so many people, maybe on Sunday mornings that come here, they leave the same way because they really haven't thought about forgiving. Forgiving people. Loving people that have hurt you. And they've hurt you pretty bad. Wives with husbands, that's a real issue. Sons and daughters with their parents. And then those that you're employed by, or maybe you're an employee, or you're the boss, whatever you are. Or maybe somebody at the beach or in the gym, wherever it may be, you know, they kind of keep bugging you or moving in your life and saying things about you falsely. Then you need to confront that person and say, listen, if I have done anything against you, I want you to know that I am apologizing and I'm telling you that I'm sorry and leave it at that because you're making what things are right before God. So the judgment, the judgment of anger is a serious matter, God says here. It holds feelings against another person. And feelings, man, are so radical. Because I've done that before. I felt that hatefulness, that anger, where you want to not only explode, but you start thinking evil things in your mind. And we allow Satan to come into our minds, into our hearts. Think of all the people that have committed murder. And physically kill somebody. 
And they say when they go to prison, I'm sorry, but you know what? They're not really sorry. And then think of all of the Christians within the church that have come to that place. They don't understand that you're in danger of judgment. You're in danger having become not only in the early courts of the Old Testament to the new, in danger, listen, of hell and fire. Not just hell, Gehenna, the lake of fire. That's what the Bible teaches. Hebrews 9.27 says this. And it is appointed for a man to die once, but after this, the judgment. The judgment will come. If you're a child of God, the judgment will be where we already have been forgiven for our sins. The judgment that will stand next and will be the bima seed of Christ for our works. The non-believer and those that continue, listen, if you continue in sin as a child of God, drug addict, alcoholic, murder in your heart, whatever sin may be, as Paul talks about it in Corinthians chapter 5, 6, Ephesians 5, Galatians 5, and all the way to the New Testament. He's talking to Christians. If you continue in that sin and then you die in that sin, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible what it says. The word hell in Gehenna is used 11 times in the New Testament. The only place it's not spoken of is in the epistle of James. The lake of fire, Gehenna. Number one, this is a place in Jerusalem. Now, when you go to Jerusalem, we will take you to the Mount of Olives. From the Mount of Olives, you'll begin to see the city of Jerusalem. And if I go left, which is your right, and you go around the corner, you will see the valley of Gehenna. This is the place where they used to take their trash and burn at the city dump. But this is also the place where the women having their babies in the worship of Molech. They would have Molech, an image with his arms stretched out this way. And they would bring their brand new babies born. As Molech was heated up red hot and they would barbecue their babies to Molech. The god of abortion today. And yet, here Jesus says, you'll be worthy of hell or Gehenna. Look at fourthly. This is pretty heavy. Notice what he says, the danger of anger. Verse 25. He says, agree with your adversary quickly. Notice, not next year, quickly. While you are on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. So the answer to anger is what? Reconciliation. And reconciliation, number one, with God, is one of a major purpose to worship God. Otherwise, you can't worship God. Matthew 6, 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Not the true prayer of Jesus Christ, which is John 17. This is the disciples saying, Lord, teach us how to pray. It's a model. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Are we truly doing that today? How about Matthew eleven twenty five? At that time, Jesus Christ answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babies. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight. And then in 1 John 4, 20, he says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. 
For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who is never seen? And then this commandment we have from him is that he who loves God must love his brother also. All the way through the scriptures about forgiving and loving. And then worship with God is unacceptable unless a person reconciles with his brother or his sister. Secondly, reconciliation is available to every person. God wants to give you reconciliation. He wants you to forgive as you have been forgiven. Ephesians 4.25 Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Notice, nor give place to who? To the devil. You're only giving place to the devil to mess with you. And to make you harder and harder of heart. Immediately as the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. You need to come to your knees. And say Lord if there's anything within me that is hindering my walk with you. Or fellowship with you. Show me. So that I can repent. So that I can do what's right. And then finally look at verse 26 of chapter 5. The judgment of anger. He says. As surely I say to you. Notice what he's going to say. As surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. I mean, if you get thrown into jail, you th- how are you going to pay your debt? You can't. He's going to talk about hell. You're there forever and ever and ever. Listen to what he says. This is terrible end to anger. Judgment is to be sure. Number one, Jesus makes a strong three points here. Number one, there is no escape from Gehenna. No escape. I surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there. You're there forever and ever and ever. Secondly, the judgment will be for sure. God's word will be fulfilled. Whatever he says, he's going to do it. He says, till you have paid the last penny. And then reconciliation should be thirdly, sought out immediately as soon as you can do it. Even as Christ bore all punishment for every one of us, when we repented, He forgave us for everything we ever did. He's no longer angry with us, but He has loved us and cares for us. If He loves me so much, how much more shall I forgive from my anger and tell people to forgive me and then have the love of Jesus Christ with them too? It's so important to understand what Jesus teaches. We hope it's been helpful for you to see how God's grace works, not nullifying the law, but freeing us from the weight of our sin when we confess in true repentance. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's message, call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an uncut version for a donation of $5 or more. Simply ask for the message, The Law of Murder, when you make your request. To further expand your understanding of the Lord's will for your life as a Christian, we'd like to offer you Rawls' new insightful book titled Sermon of Sermons. This resource provides an in-depth look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, outlining His empowering yet practical instructions for a God-glorifying life. To purchase Rawls' new Sermon of Sermons book, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you this resource for the discounted introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. 
To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we appreciate your generous donations. Your partnership is crucial, and every gift is tax-deductible. Join us next time for more wisdom from Christ's Sermon on the Mount. We'll turn our attention to what Jesus taught about divorce and upholding our marriage vows. Now, here's Raul once again with a closing thought. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. So what God wants to do within each one of our hearts, he wants us to examine our lives fully and completely. So that we don't leave here this morning not understanding what the Old Testament taught and what the New Testament has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, stoning according to the law. In the New Testament, God is willing to forgive. I don't care what you've done. If you come in sincere heart, with a sincere heart, and you come to your knees and you come in true repentance, then there's true forgiveness for your sins. And then I think of all the people because of the hardness of their hearts. Because they have a lot of pride. They will never humble themselves. And then one day, they will be in that place where the worm never dies. Where the worm never dies. It's forever and ever and ever. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what Peter said. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.